This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy out along with Wes Reynolds from Vincent on the Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. Very nice week last week for Wes, a three and one. The one loser was Arizona uh, money line minus one thirty, so plus two seventy, plus two point seven units, eighteen and twelve on the season. Well done, Wes. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Arizona was kind of a, a dead side, and I, I knew it very early. You're just kind of hoping against hope here, you know, trying to fade Seattle at the top of the market. Uh, uh, we might try to do that again this week, but that doesn't get home. Uh, Bucks uh, do get home. Tom Brady does it again. You know, it seems like all hope is lost, and then what does he do? He goes uh, 60 yards in 35 seconds and goes ahead and pulls it out for us against the Rams. Commanders, you know, they were up 10, had to hang on for the cover at the end, and then Jags Bengals teaser gets there. Yes, indeed. And uh, boy, I just, we keep waiting for Seattle to kind of fall out of their tree. And Geno Smith, he's, he's going from a uh, nice story to comeback player of the year candidate to MVP candidate. So mm-hmm. at what point, at what point do, uh, does Seattle come back to earth or do they come back to earth at all? So we will see. All right. Uh, Talking about a team that, uh, well, they missed their quarterback. And for all of the uh, Tua Tungavaloa conversation, they surrounded himself uh, with some very good weapons. Uh, my favorite tandem uh, in the NFL. I know Philadelphia has a good one and some others. But, I mean, Miami with Waddle and Hill, I mean, are just something else. And Tua's doing what he's doing. Undefeated as a starter this year. They're back at home against Cleveland. And sort of a suspicious, stinky line mm-hmm. here in this one. Uh, three-and-a-half-point favorite against the visiting Browns. Yeah, I think so, too, and I and I do like uh, uh, Cleveland here on the road. And, look, everything you said about two is true. Undefeated as a starter, that offense was very explosive. I actually, you know, the Bears got there last week. I had them plus five on a bet and in all the contests. And, you know, they just weren't getting a lot of stops on Miami, but Miami wasn't getting a lot of stops on the Bears because of what Fields did in terms of running now. You're not going to necessarily get that out of Jacoby Brissett. And Jacoby Brissett, obviously, is a former Miami Dolphins quarterback. So he gets to play his old team here. I'm sure that means a lot for him because Brissett, I think, knows that he's going to lose his job in a couple weeks, perhaps, when Deshaun Watson goes ahead and, and gets eligible, you know, from his suspension. But, you know, just looking at this with Cleveland, They're off a bye week. They probably played their best game of the season on Monday Night Football where they ran the ball really well against Cincinnati. They got pressure on Joe Burrow. That Bengals offensive line continues to perform poorly. But, you know, I think Cleveland kind of figured out, okay, 
we got to run the ball a little bit, but Brissett was able to make some plays down the field, you know, kind of in the middle toward the intermediate passing game. So, you know, Cleveland, I think Cleveland's been a team that I think has been pretty unlucky this year. If you look, take out that Patriots game. I think that was in uh, week number six. Uh, you know, they played a lot of close shave games. They got that field goal at the end to beat Carolina where they led early and then blew the lead. They had a two score lead over the Jets and then somehow don't win. They beat the Steelers. They lose by three in Atlanta. They lose uh, a last-second field goal that doesn't get made against the Chargers. And then, of course, they got blown out by the Patriots. Then they lose by three to the Ravens, and then they take care of the Bengals pretty easily. So Cleveland's been, I think, a little bit deceptive in terms of the fact that I don't think they're great, but I think that they're better than that three and and five record. And uh, you look at Miami, one of the concerns for Miami, that secondary is still very beat up. Uh, they've already lost a couple guys for the season. Xavier Howard is now playing, but he's not 100%. So you saw that the Bears were able to make to make plays against that Dolphins defense. And I think uh, uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns can do the same, even though Bradley Chubb, now a member of the Dolphins. So this is going to be his second game with them since that trade from Denver. But, you know. Yeah, I keep hearing all this love for Miami, but I'm not really seeing it in the market where you're seeing, you know, pretty much three and a half in the market. So this was also, I think, five and a half, I believe, was the look ahead line. And now it's down to three and a half. Miami looks to be a very beatable favorite, I think, this week. You know, uh, Cleveland is kind of like a few other teams, especially your Colts last year when they had signs in the stadium, run the damn ball. So, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. Cleveland, I mean, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Washington, Atlanta, run the ball more. Run the ball more. Don't don't make it more complicated than it has to be. And, man, it makes life much easier on your quarterbacks than when you pull it and play action pass. Speaking of the Colts, we'll get to that later about that interesting interim hire, Wes. So, Anyway, uh, that one going on right there as uh, Frank Reich fired in the middle of the year. All right, Tampa Bay. Uh, this one in Munich, uh, Bayern Munich's uh, home stadium. And, uh, well, Tampa Bay last week, you got away from that three-point spread and you laid the money line. Looking to do the same thing. Sort of a, a, a pros versus Joes here. The majority of the tickets are on Seattle right now at Bet Rivers, but – the line keeps creeping in favor of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is now minus three, where it opened up one or one and a half. You're looking at the money line, minus 148. Yeah, I'm going to try to do it again. I'm going to try to fade uh, uh, Seattle at the top of the market. It did not work last week. And really, you know, they had been getting lucky in a couple of their games. They've been one of the luckier teams, even though Geno Smith has been very good and has not gotten his team beat. But... You know, Seattle, I think, has been living right, and they've been getting their fair share of breaks uh, all season. But tried to fade them last week, and they were the better team than Arizona. That was not, you know, an unlucky side or an unlucky outcome from Arizona. Seattle was the uh, rifle better side. But I am going with Tampa Bay. If you look at Tampa Bay, even though they had to pull it out at the end, they were the better team than the Rams. I mean, they held the Rams to just barely over 200 yards, and I think the Rams got half of their yards on, like, two big plays. Of course, they had that 69-yarder to cup, but other than that, I don't even think the Rams made a first down in the second half. So Tampa Bay, you know, <clears throat> could never stand the building to settle field goals, but, you know, Tom Brady does it again. Back again, 35 seconds left to go and no timeouts, and he goes 60 yards. 
and they get the game winner. So, you know, Tampa Bay has been an under team this year as well. They're seven and two this season. And, you know, the offense is great. They're the worst team in the league at, at running the football. And, you know, I know that they're trying to run the ball, but it's hard to try to run the ball. Like you were saying, run the damn ball, but you got to block the damn defenders as well. If you're Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay <laughs> has not been able to do that because we know going back to training camp that Tampa Bay in terms of the line, when they lost, uh, what's his name? Jensen. And they lost him yes. on the first day of training camp. And, you know, it was almost like all she wrote, I think, really, for that offensive line. So, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Tampa Bay here. I just think Seattle, Seattle to me looks like, and I hate to use this term because the public's right at least 50% of the time, Seattle looks to me to be like that team that is the public underdog of the week. Everybody's going to keep backing them because I believe now, uh, I'll have to check this, uh, they have covered, uh, I think, every game as an underdog that they have been in this year. And here they are in the role again, just uh, kind of looking. Uh, they cover against the Cardinals as an underdog. They beat the Giants as a favorite. They cover against uh, the Chargers as an underdog. They uh, cover against the Cardinals at home as an underdog. And then, you know, they had the Saints where they didn't cover, but then the game before they cover at the Lions. So, Seattle's kind of been a cover machine. Meanwhile, Tampa Bay is not. I think Tampa Bay, if you use the closing number of minus three against the Rams, that was a push. But Tampa Bay didn't cover against the Ravens uh, and lost outright. Didn't cover and lost outright at Carolina. Didn't cover and lost outright at Pittsburgh. Won, but didn't cover against the uh, Falcons. And then lost outright and didn't cover against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So that's five in a row that they haven't covered. So, you know, I think betters kind of look at that and maybe look at that a little bit too much, these ATS records, because you got to put everything in context. There's always kind of an explanation for a game or for a situation. So I'm going with the team that can't cover a game versus the cover machine. I like the Bucks. You know, Tam, uh, how things have changed. You know, the public Seahawks now against the Tampa right. Tax of Buccaneers. Right. In, the, in the first two years, the first two years, massively public team. And they were cashing tickets, uh, you know, where, was Tampa Bay. Keep in mind, they had to go on the road and win a couple of, uh, actually three playoff games in Washington, New Orleans, and Green Bay on their way uh, to that Super Bowl. So, a uh, slight favorite against, uh, against right. Washington and underdogs. At um, at uh, New Orleans and Green Bay started out two and zero against the spread, straight up and against the spread. It's actually six in a row that they failed to cover. They did not cover the a short number against Green Bay, uh, where they lost fourteen to twelve. They were a favorite in that mm-hmm. one, and then the push last week. So two six and one and zero oh, six and one streak uh, coming into this one uh, in uh, in Munich. So. Tampa Bay minus the 140. How things change. Uh, it's taken that kind of streak to get the public off of Tampa Bay uh, right now. All right, all eyes on Josh Allen. Uh, this line continues to trickle down. Heck, we just did this, uh, a podcast with Randy McKay uh, an hour ago, and it was at 4.5. Now at Bet Rivers, it is at 3.5. And, and we look at uh, Josh Allen's uh, elbow, which on that last desperate drive against the Jets – uh, the kind of you see him favoring that yeah. throwing elbow. So, man, I said three and a half. Now you wonder, hmm, that line tells me maybe he's not going to play uh, in this one, Wes. You're looking at Buffalo this week. Yeah, I, I'm guessing he is not going to play or he is going to be very limited. This kind of reminds me 
a little bit of a few weeks ago, hopefully not the same outcome, but when Justin Herbert didn't play for the Chargers or wasn't going to play, and then it collapsed, the market went all the way down to three, and then they said, oh, we're going to play Herbert with the bad ribs, which was probably a mistake in hindsight, considering that uh, Jacksonville was all, were all over the Chargers, but... Yeah, I am looking at, at at Buffalo here, and it's not just necessarily a backing of Buffalo because Case Keenum, by the way, is the backup up there in Buffalo, and I think he's perfectly capable. And oh, by the way, uh, Case Keenum uh, was the Minnesota start Vikings starting quarterback one at a time. So look, you see those teams. You know, when you play your old team, and eventually, even though they got behind, we saw that with these very Vikings last week with Kirk Cousins going back to Washington on the plane, you know, shirt off, having a good time, and all of that stuff. You could tell they really wanted it for him, and I think Buffalo probably will for Case Keenum, assuming he is going to be the starter. It's more of a play against the Vikings, Jimmy, because if we look at the Vikings, okay, they beat the Packers in week one. That was a good spot. Now, we didn't know the Packers were going to be what they are now at three and six, but you know, they won that game. Then they got dominated on Monday Night Football by the Philadelphia Eagles, who are clearly the number one team in the NFC. And then you look up, they, they get behind the Lions 10 going into the fourth quarter at home. They find a way to win, but they get out yarded by almost 50 yards in that game. Then they have the game over in London against New Orleans with Andy Dalton making his first start of the season and a very shorthanded New Orleans team. Pretty damn even in the yards, and the Saints were actually better yards per play, 5.9 against 5.1. If Will Lutz is able to make that second long field goal at the end where it was just short, then they were going to go to overtime. So they really couldn't get away from the Saints. You look at the game against the Bears where they were 21-10 to 10 at the half. They were down 22-21. to 21. Cousins had to th- uh, run it in for a touchdown with about a little over two minutes to play. So they beat the Bears 29-22. to 22 you know, win the game in the yardage, but, you know, we're kind of up against it. Then they go to Miami, where you remember Tua was out. So you were playing a combination of Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. And then you look at the stats in that game. Miami had 458 yards of total offense, 6.3 yards of play. Minnesota had just a paltry 234 and 4.7 to play. But what does Minnesota do? They get the win in the cover, 24 to 16, because of the turnovers. Then against the Arizona Cardinals, they went 34 to 26. Yardage was pretty even, 381 to 375. Yards per play in favor of Minnesota, 5.6 to 5.4. Arizona had their chances against Minnesota. Yeah, you know, but but just, you know, Kyler taking a bad sack or, you know, the three turnovers Fumble in the punt. game. Fumble punt, absolutely. And and keep in mind, as I'm kind of uh, crapping on Minnesota here, this was the team I bet to win the NFC North. This was the team I have on their season wins over. This was the team I did bet 40-1 to 1 as a long shot to win the Super Bowl. And it's not that I dislike this team. I just feel like... They're kind of performing, you know. They're kind of getting good results, Jimmy. If you know what I'm saying, oh, there's no doubt. A little bit. They're getting <laughs> fortunate. I think they're getting fortunate in this game. It's not like they're Philadelphia, where by and large they're just kicking the crap out of their opponents and they're, you know, dominating the game. And it's just like, okay, don't fall to sleep in the second quarter like they've been doing and let teams back in the game. But yeah, I think you know Minnesota now is starting to be the toast of the town with the uh, national NFL media. And when a team that's not used to that gets put in that spotlight, 
that's when I want to slip slide away and kind of step away from a team. So, you know, the Bills, they lost to the Jets, and quite frankly, they deserved to lose to the Jets. Josh Allen did not play well. Zach Wilson actually probably played better in the second half than Josh Allen, and that, that's been a rare sight this season. But the Jets, I mean, that was not a fluke, even though they didn't call that pass interference at the end, uh, where the Bills probably should have been in business, but they did not throw yeah. the flag. But Nevertheless, I'm willing to come in low on the Buffalo Bills, even if it is Case Keenum under center. There is no argument to be made that the Vikings have uh, have have lived a, a charmed life. There is no doubt. And I'll add some of the things that you went through, and you went through a lot of them. But D- Detroit, the long field goal attempt up 24-21, gave Minnesota a short field for the mm-hmm. game-winning score. New Orleans on uh, Minnesota's uh, last touchdown drive, three third-down stops. All flags to extend the drive uh, out in London. That was Chicago where they went nuts in the middle of the game where Justin Fields just they, they couldn't stop him in that when you talked about the injury to Tua and still Miami outgained them the fumble punt Arizona and Washington up 17-7 has a pick six in a ticky-tack defensive holding penalty, kept it from being 24-7. to So no doubt this is a, a, a team that has lived uh, the charm life. So we will see Minnesota, uh, Buffalo minus 3.5 against Minnesota. Wes, you've been hot on the teasers lately. You're looking at Saints going up to Pittsburgh. Saints are minus 2.5. And, and Denver is traveling to Nashville as uh, and, and Tennessee, a three-point favorite there. Yeah, and I'll start with the Steelers. I'll tease them up to eight and a half. Uh, I was kind of disappointed in the Saints' performance, actually, on, on Monday <laughs> night. Look, I know I know Baltimore is a very good team, and they're who I have for a Super Bowl bet in the AFC. I just have them to win the AFC North. But, you know, and Baltimore was just kind of okay. Baltimore is dealing with a lot of injuries, by the way. I mean, down to your third-string running back, essentially, with Kenyon Drake. He ends up going nuts in the second half, and that's what surprised me the most is the Saints couldn't get him off the field and couldn't stop the run because obviously Baltimore was really shorthanded without Bateman and without Mark Andrews. Uh, disappointed in the coaching, too. When you score and you make it 24-10 to 10 and there's 4.15 left to go on the clock and you have all three timeouts, you don't kick it away. you got to take a stand there at some point. It's a two-score game. You're not getting the ball back twice with your defense getting stopped. So, you know, when it was referred to, and I know, uh, you know, the Jim Irsay press conference in Indianapolis when he, you know, was kind of all over the place. uh, But, you know, he did make a point where he goes, like, some of these coaches kind of coach scared. Dennis Allen, I think, was a perfect example. You know, it's an old defensive guy like, hey, we could trust our defense. It's like, coach, get in a 2022 here. Okay, you had to take your stand and you had to, you know, try to, you're down two scores, you had to try to get the ball back. If you don't get it back, okay, then you use timeouts. But, yeah, I'm looking at the Saints going on the road against against the Steelers team that, you know, is all kind of beat up. And this Steelers team, obviously, is not very good. And we had a feeling they weren't going to be very good. Now you have essentially a rookie quarterback. But with this low total, and it's 40 pretty much across the board, including Bat Rivers, that's where I think that there's value teasing that underdog, and that's what I, I like to do a little bit. Uh, uh, that's uh, you know part and parcel of some of the teasers I have been doing. So this is one I'm willing to go up with eight and a half on the Steelers, and then same thing with the Denver Broncos. Uh, even though you're only going through one key number of seven, lowest total on the board at 38. I don't know if Tannehill is going to play 
Malik Willis at least showed some guts, but he also showed he needs a lot of development on Sunday night. Uh, what, what did he go, like 5 of 16 or something like that? I mean, it was just like absurd what, you know, the numbers and how Tennessee was able to find its way into the game. And that's a credit to Mike Vrabel, I think, really in his coaching, that he was able to go on the road in a home run spot for Kansas City and then, you know, take him to overtime, essentially. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, Willis, if he starts, yeah, he's 5-16 for 80 yards. You know, Tennessee was basically running the ball in Kansas City, then eventually was like, okay, we're going to stack the box. Kansas City had 500 yards on Tennessee, but yet Tennessee covers. So now I think Tennessee is going to get credit. It's like, well, they hung with the Chiefs with the backup quarterback, but now they only lay three to the Denver Broncos. And this is something I may play straight as well. But with that low total, I'm willing to tease it up six and get nine. I think Denver getting that win in London over Jacksonville and then having a bye week. You know, they had had a lot of bad mojo around around Denver. And I don't think Denver's fixed. I think this offense has really problems. And I think this coach has uh, a lot of problems, Nathaniel Hackett. But in a low-scoring game, I'm willing to take nine with Denver. Vrabel always good as an underdog, but this is kind of his worst role historically as a small home favorite. Well, Dennis Allen, you mentioned stack the box huh? when Baltimore is <laughs> running it two to one. And, and as you said, even when he kicks it deep, uh, they're running clock. They're not throwing it yeah. right there, and they still yeah. would not stack the box and help him out. And also third and one early in the game, where's Taysom Hill? Well, he's on the bench. They get stuffed. Taysom Hill's back the next offensive play on first and ten. Kind of head-scratching going on uh, in yeah, New Orleans. Yeah, you can tell there's a drop-off in the head coaching position down <laughs> yes. in New Orleans. Uh, but Sean Payton is making some money uh, right now as of what is happening uh, in New Orleans. So Pittsburgh plus eight and a half. Keep in mind, too, Saints short week traveling to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh coming off of a bye. So rested team there. Saints still have a ton of injuries also. And now Michael Thomas is out for the year. Uh, Denver plus nine. You said only only going through seven, but you're getting off that key number too, Wes, at three. So not going through it, but you're getting off of that number. And and, And, and I may end up being on Denver in terms of just a a straight-up spread bet, maybe a little piece of the money line too, because I think we kind of know about Tennessee a little bit here. They're scared to death of Willis. Yeah, yeah, they've just been out-yarded in about every game. It's like how many times – can you do that? I think they out-yarded Houston. That was the first time they out-yarded somebody all year two weeks ago. So, you know, I, I think Tennessee is one of those teams that have been living right. Mike Vrabel, I mean, look, he should be a candidate for Coach yes. of the Year. He gets a lot out of less there in Nashville. Yeah, every year, every year he does a, a heck of a job. But, yes, uh, Denver certainly resists the run a little bit better than Houston, one of the worst defenses against the run. Buffalo minus three and a half against Minnesota, Tampa Bay money line. It hit, getting it off that three. That's an early game. Uh, again, 9.30 a.m. kickoff Eastern time in Bayern, uh, in, uh, Bayern Munich Stadium and uh, minus $1.48. And in Cleveland, plus a three-and-a-half against Tua in the Miami Dolphins. West was 3-1 and one last week, 18-12 and 12 on the season. Let's keep it going. For Wes Reynolds of Eason, I'm Jimmy Otto on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.